As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner. It's Tuesday, and tonight we're going to continue our home group about pastoral ministry. We all have a pastor. We need to know what a pastor does, and tonight we're going to see what is God's expectation of pastors. You know, pastors feel expectations from people all around them, but it's most important for a pastor to know what is God's expectation. I've been a pastor for years and years and years, and I know I cannot fulfill everybody's expectations. So it's important for me to know primarily what is God's expectation of me. That is number one for me, and that's what we're going to be looking at tonight, God's expectation of pastors. It is going to be great. And I want you to get the free download. It's called Pastoral Ministry. It's the study guide. You can get it right now at renner.org. You should get it. You should share it with somebody. Maybe share it with your pastor. And there's a series that goes with it called Pastoral Ministry. I really encourage you to get this. And by the way, if you've been thinking about a gift to give to your pastor, I can't think of a better gift for you to give your pastor or to anyone who feels called into pastoral ministry. This would be good for a youth pastor a children's pastor, anybody in any pastoral position, they need to understand what the Bible really says about pastoral ministry. And we're also offering you right now my book, which is called Chosen by God. Have you ordered yours yet? My friend, you're chosen by God. You need to embrace what God has chosen you to do. And this book will help you to identify it and how to embrace it. When I really realized what God chose me to do, it changed my life. Suddenly all the doubt, all the insecurity just began to disappear. When I stepped into God's call for my life, that's when my life really began to make sense. And that's why I want you to get this book. But Denise, welcome to Thank Home Group. Thank you, but I want to say something about that book. Please do. Because this is really a testimony. And a testimony is powerful. Because as you read this, you're going to see and understand the calling that Rick was receiving and answering to, and that encourages us to do what we're supposed to. That's right. And this book is filled with that kind of encouragement. Amen. So, friend, if you are like feeling that you need to be doing more for God and you just need some encouragement to say yes no matter what, Order this book because I believe it's going to encourage you. And you can order it at runner.org. And by the way, if you have a prayer request, let us know how to pray for you. Just send us the prayer request at prayer at runner.org or call us at 1-800-742-5593. We will really pray for you, my friend. We count it a privilege hmm. to hear from you. It's really a privilege. And we will really pray with you. Maxime, welcome to Home Group. I'm happy to be here, and I can't wait to hear your teaching because uh, when you teach on pastors, it's not a theory. I've been alongside you for 15 years, and I've been watching you, how you care for people. It's, you're not an ar armchair strategist, is there a term? Well, Maxime, thank you. So, so I know it's going to be good. Well, tonight we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4. That's where we're going to begin. Then we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 34. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really serious for pastors. But I have to say something about this first. These are shepherd staffs. We're talking about pastoral ministry, which really is shepherding ministry. 
And this is the one I showed you last night. This was personally made for me by somebody as a gift. I think it's really precious. Look at it. It even has my initials in the top. It has the head of a bear on the top because the bear is the symbol of Russia and we live in Russia. It has the 91st Psalm, which is one of my favorite Psalms inscribed all the way down the staff. And it has serpentine stones uh, embedded in the wood because serpentine is from Russia. This was really a precious gift, but this is a shepherd's staff. This is also a shepherd's staff. It is from the country of Georgia in the southern part of the former Soviet, U Soviet Union. And it's a little different, but you know, shepherd's staffs are, they look different all over the world, but they all basically have the same purpose. One end is used for correcting. One end is used for saving, getting people out of trouble. And that's why I want to show you this one too. Now this looks like it's just a branch broken off of a tree. That's probably what it was, but this really was used as a shepherd's staff also from the southern Caucasus. And this end was used for grabbing the neck of the sheep and pulling them out of the trouble. This end was used for putting them back in line if they got out of line. And in shepherding or pastoral ministry, there is the job of rescuing and correcting. This is very indicative of pastoral ministry. But tonight, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. You guys ready? Denise, are you ready? Ready. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, which is our anchor verse this week. Speaking of Jesus, and it says, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. I just want to point out again, it says some. It doesn't say everybody is an apostle, everybody is a prophet, everybody is an evangelist, everybody is a pastor and a teacher. It says some. And I think that we need to understand these are rare gifts to the church and they need to be appreciated. Are they flawed? Of course they're flawed because they're human gifts. But nonetheless, they are Christ's gifts to the church. He gave them as gifts. And the individuals themselves are the gifts to the church. Some are apostles, not many. Some are. Some, not many, are prophets. Some, not many, are evangelists. Some are pastors and some are teachers. Well, the word pastors is a Greek word poimen, which is literally the Greek word for a shepherd. That's why I have these shepherd staffs with me today. It's for a shepherd. It pictures one who tends, rules, governs, feeds, guards, guides, and protects the flock. Now, if we just stopped right there, that already is a huge bill to fill. Listen to that. <laughs> one who tends, rules, governs, feeds, that word feed is the big word for tonight, feeds, guards, guides, and protects a flock. All of that is a part of pastoral ministry. But really this word poimen is so strong in Greek that it would be more rightly translated, he gave some shepherds. Pastors are shepherds of the flock of God. We're going to see that over and over every night this week. But tonight I want us to go to Ezekiel chapter 34 where God speaks a word to the shepherds of Israel who were failing in their assignment. Now, why are we going to read about their failure? Because when you read what God corrects them for not doing, you find out what they were supposed to be doing. God's expectation of pastors is well-defined in these verses. Now, these particular pastors were failing, but you can read God's expectations in these verses. So let's begin in Ezekiel 34, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, verse 2, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. I mean, that already is scary. 
prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, they must be doing something really bad. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds. It's talking about those with pastoral responsibility. Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Now listen, should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Whoops! There we already find the first responsibility of pastors. They are to feed the flocks. You're going to see it again in verse 3. You eat the fat, you clothe you with the wool, you kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. Now, twice in the first verses, God says your responsibility is to feed the flocks. Your responsibility is to feed the flocks. God has made this so very clear, and that is the primary responsibility of pastoral ministry. Listen carefully to me. Even counseling is not the primary responsibility of pastoral ministry. A pastor can only counsel so many people because there's just so much of him. But when he stands in the pulpit, he can address the entire flock by providing a nourishing message from the Word of God. He can strengthen everybody in the entire house. His primary responsibility is to feed the flock, and you'll see that over and over in these verses. Then when you come to verse 4, God gets really straight with these shepherds about things they have failed to do. Listen to it. The disease have you not strengthened. That's number one. Number two, neither have you healed that which was sick. Number three, neither have you bound up that which was broken. Number four, neither have you brought again that which was driven away. Number five, neither have you sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. Now in this verse, it doesn't say that it's wrong to rule. We've already seen that the word pastor, the Greek word poinum, also carries the idea of governing and ruling a flock or a congregation. There's nothing wrong with ruling. It's just wrong to rule with cruelty. What does that mean? You're going to find out in just a few moments. Look at verse 5. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. Verse 6. My sheep wandered through all the mountains upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did seek or search after them. Verse 7, Therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. God's going to respond to this. Verse 8, As I live, saith the Lord, surely, because my flock became a prey, and my flock became me to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flocks, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Do you see there again? God's talking about the shepherd's responsibility to feed the flock. Verse 9, Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 10, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds. Denise, I never want to hear that word spoken to me. I mean, that is such a serious statement. And God says, I will require my flock at their hands. Look how serious God is about the people that we minister to. There's nothing more serious than the flock of God. The people of God are precious. They were purchased with the blood of Jesus. I will cause them to cease from feeding the flocks, neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. Verse 11, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day, that he is among the sheep that are scattered, so I will seek out my sheep, and I will deliver them out of all the places where they've been scattered in the dark, 
and cloudy day, verse 14, I will feed them in a good pasture upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be, and there they shall lay down in a good fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. Verse 15, I will feed my flock, I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. Verse 16, I, now listen to this, I will seek that which was lost, I will bring again that which was driven away, I will bind up that which was broken, I will strengthen that which was sick, and I will destroy the fat and the strong, I will feed them with judgment. Or when you get to the end of this text, God basically says, shepherds, you have not done the job. I'm against you for not doing the job, but because you haven't done it, I'll do it. If you won't do it, I'll do it. That is how much God loves his people. And Denise, God has entrusted to us and to other people in pastoral responsibility the privilege of taking care of people. There's not a greater privilege in the world than taking care of God's people. It is the greatest privilege. And God has entrusted to us the responsibility of pastoring, shepherding, guiding, tending, feeding. But let's go back to verse 1 again. Ezekiel 34, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds. Woe be to the shepherds. Oh, Denise, I'm not judgmental of anybody. We are shepherds. If we're failing, this is God's word to us. Woe be to the shepherds of Israel to, to feed themselves. Should not the shepherds, there you have it again, feed the flocks. Look at our responsibility. You eat the fat and you cleave you with the wool. You kill them that are fed, but you feed not the flock. And now we're going to really focus on verse 4. Listen to it. The disease have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick, neither have you bound up that which was broken, neither have you brought again that which was driven away, neither have you sought again that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. So let's look at these five things again. The disease you have not strengthened, it's very important. Neither have you healed that which was sick. Neither have you bound up that which was broken. Neither have you brought again that which was driven away. Neither have you sought that which was lost. So if you take all this and look at what God is correcting them for not doing, you find out what he had been expecting them to do. Pastors are expected by God to strengthen the diseased. Number one, what does the word disease mean? Well, it's dis-ease, people that are no longer at ease. They may be diseased in their body. They may be diseased in their soul. They may be diseased in their mind. People are diseased in many ways. But when you bring the teaching of God's Word mingled together with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it strengthens those that are diseased in their life. It makes them whole. That's the power of feeding truth to people. Then we see that pastors are expected by God to heal those that are sick. This word sick could refer to those that are physically sick. There are sick people in every congregation. We have a responsibility to minister healing to them. It could be people that are sick in their minds, people that are sick in their souls. And my friends, we're living in a world today where people are sick in so many ways. People have addictions chemical addictions, they're sick in their relationships, they're sick in their self-image, but when you bring the Word of God and nourish them, 
It makes them whole in all those areas of their life. That's the power of feeding the Word of God to people. That's our responsibility. They were to bind up those that are broken. Denise, think how many broken people in the world today, and they're becoming more broken all the time as families fall apart, as people are confused about gender and people just making tragic moral mistakes and kids on drugs and people not being taught the Bible so they're making moral mistakes. People are broken, broken, broken. They're fractured. They are shattered. And you know what? You just can't meet with everybody that's fractured and shattered. There's too many people today that are broken and fractured. But one good dose of the Word of God under the power of the anointing can bring healing to everybody in the house. That's what shepherds are expected to do. Now, sometimes you do have to counsel people, of course. But I'm telling you, the biggest job of the pastor, the shepherd, is to bring a meal that will release the power of God into their souls and heal all their broken places. Pastors, according to this verse, are expected to bring again those that are driven away. Well, what is that? People are driven away from church for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes people get offended because they don't understand something that was said, and they get offended. Or people get offended because they think money was spent wrong. It might be the money was spent right, but their perception is the money was spent wrong. Or people get offended because they think the pastor or the church didn't do something they should have done. Their sins of omission, sins of commission. I can't believe he didn't do that. I can't believe they did that. People just get offended for all kinds of reasons. Offense is never right, but sometimes people have a legitimate gripe. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's just a misperception, but for some reason, they're driven away. And I'm going to tell you the truth. All right, listen to me, home group. There are more disgruntled Christians sitting at home on Sunday than attending church on Sunday. Homes are filled with people, saved people, who don't go to church anymore because they were driven away for some reason, whether right or whether wrong, I'm not saying. The fact is, they've been driven away. We have a responsibility, according to this verse, to find them and bring them back home. You know, in our ministry, we are really serious about following up on people. We call people, we pray with people. If we say we're going to pray with you, we're going to really pray for you. If we don't hear from somebody, we're checking up on them. We're so serious about people that if we get a letter from you and we see that your address has changed, we're going to check on you to find out if everything's okay because a change of address can often indicate somebody's had a crisis in their life or a loss in their life. You have to really pay attention to the telltale signs of people to know if they need help. We have a responsibility to grab every single person and keep them in the fold. That's what a shepherd does. In fact, Maxime and I were just looking at the root of the word shepherd in Greek. Do you know what the root of the word shepherd means? It means to count. One who looks at a sort or a quantity, it is a shepherd's responsibility to make sure everybody that's in his flock is still there. We have that responsibility. And when you go on, we find that pastors are to seek those that are lost. Well, today, there's not a lot of preaching about reaching the lost. But this verse clearly says, Neither have you sought them which were lost. We have a responsibility to reach the lost and to tell our churches and those in our spiritual families that people are still lost. My friend, the world's going to hell. 
If we don't reach them with the message of Jesus, they are going to go to hell. Hell is a reality. It did not disappear. And I think it is horrible that so many churches today don't even ever give an invitation for the lost. How do they think people are going to get saved? By the process of osmosis? People have to repent. And when you give an invitation for people to be saved, not only does it provide an opportunity for people to get saved, it reminds everybody in the house that we need to be thinking about people that are lost. An invitation has a multitude of benefits. It's not just about the lost, it's reminding the saved that the lost need to be reached. But when you come to the end of verse 4, it says, with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. Well, Denise, you know, and Maxime, you know, everybody in our ministry knows, I'm a very strong leader. And when God has appointed you to be the leader of a church or of a ministry, you have a ruling responsibility. You're to lead, you're to guide, you're to govern. There's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong is doing it with cruelty. Well, what is cruelty? Well, if you read the whole text, cruelty is feeding yourself, taking, taking, taking from the sheep, but not feeding. It is wrong for anybody in pastoral ministry or any spiritual position to take and take and take and take and take, demand, 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 but not give. God says that's what cruelty is. Nothing wrong with ruling, nothing wrong with governing, but it's wrong if you do it, but you're not doing your role for the church or for the ministry. But let's go on. Look at verse 5 and 6. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. And my sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill, yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Notice how upset God is about this. Then verses 7 to 10, Therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord, surely, because my flock became a prey, and my flock became me to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. There you have it again, feed, feed, feed. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, I'm against the shepherds. I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be meat for them. That's really stunning. But I want to wrap up tonight's home group by discussing the seven duties of a shepherd for his sheep based on these verses. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. All right. I know I'm talking nonstop tonight. I'm just trying to cover everything. Denise, you're so pretty tonight. Oh, thank you, Rick. Okay, you guys ready? Number one, a shepherd knows the state of his sheep or his congregation. He has to know the state of his sheep. Number two, a shepherd knows how to nourish, feed, and reprove the sheep to bring them into a state of spiritual soundness. That is a shepherd's responsibility. Number three, he knows how to rescue and restore the sheep who've fallen into sin. People fall into sin. That's just the way it is. And when you're a shepherd, you have to grab your shepherd's staff and go get them. That's what that hook on the end is for. You bring them out of sin, you bring them back into the flock. Next. A shepherd knows how to find the sheep that have been driven away. Next, a shepherd knows how to bring the sheep back into the fold who have strayed into strange pastures. What is a strange pasture? Well, Denise, 
We've seen plenty of people get into some pretty strange pastors. They get into strange teaching that seems thrilling to them. It tantalizes them, but it doesn't add anything to their life. It's just a distraction. Strange pastors. And there's a lot of strange pastors out there. And people just have a way of gravitating towards strange things. They become captivated by it. And you got to get them back into truth. you got to bring them back into a good pasture. Next, pastors need to know how to expose and expel wolves who have gotten in among the sheep and are scattering them from each other and from God. That also happens. And when you're the pastor or the head of a ministry, you have to be able to know how to wisely expose those who are dividing the sheep and taking them away from God. And by the way, it takes real wisdom to do that. And a shepherd, a pastor, needs to know how to preach, explain, and defend truth for the sheep. Those are the seven duties of a shepherd for his sheep. What do you think about that, Denise? Well, I think that that's a lot that a shepherd has to do. That's God's expectations. Yes. And I was just thinking about that I don't really know a perfect pastor. You've been a wonderful pastor. I'm certainly not perfect. And uh, and so, but Jesus is a perfect pastor. And I thought about several things while you were talking, Rick, that Jesus left the 99 to go get the one. Yes, he I mean, did. the heart, the heart of the pastor, mm. Jesus is, he says is he's the good shepherd or the great shepherd, it says. And so I was thinking, listening to you, Rick, but I was thinking, you know, your pastor, as wonderful as he may or she may be, she's or he is not there at the midnight hour when your heart is breaking or when your life is falling apart or when your child is sick and you're afraid or your husband or your wife is treating you in a way that you don't understand. That pastor, as good as he or she may be, they're not there right now. Mm -hmm. But the Lord Jesus Christ is the person of the Holy Spirit. Yes. He is right there to bring all the comfort, all the care, the correcting, the holding. He is there. And when we call out to our great shepherd. Yes. He comes with all this equipment that Rick just talked about mm -hmm. that the pastor's supposed to do. And you know, Denise, our life is filled with pastors. They all want to do a good job. Oh. I don't know a single pastor that doesn't really want to do a good job. And my friend, when you understand what is the role of a pastor, it really is a big bill to fill. Every pastor wants to be like the good shepherd. Pray for your pastor. Support your pastor. Mm -hmm. Thank your pastor for what he does. He is giving his life. You saw in last night's statistics, pastors feel depleted. They don't take vacations. Very often they're not paid appropriately. They struggle in their self-image because they deal with so many problems with church members and people that attack them for not doing this and not doing that. I'm telling you, it's, it's quite a role to be a pastor. Pray for your pastor and be supportive of your pastor. And I just want to remind you that this weekend or whenever you see your pastor, just walk up to him or her and just say, thank you so much for what you're doing Amen. for us. It's going to encourage them. 
hey, we're out of time, but tomorrow night we're going to come back and we're going to see God's specific charge to pastors, which is found in Acts chapter 20. It's going to be good. But remember, if you have a prayer request, write us at prayerrenner.org or call us 1-800-742-5593. We're waiting to hear from you. Go to bed, go to sleep, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.